Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Collective. We have another fantastic show for you planned out today. It is day two of sac uh, service week. I was going to call it sacrifice week, but no, it is service week. So I really appreciate We have Dutch, we got Chris, we got Seb. It's going to be an awesome conversation. We will be talking sacrifice. Now, while I am getting all kinds of flustered because of uh, timing issues, y'all shouldn't be. Like the show, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell, do all that good stuff so you can get your emails in the morning when we go live, which is of course every day. And as a heads up, tomorrow morning, in Canada at least, we'll be going at 05.30 PST. It's going to be an early morning here in Canada, and it'll be nighttime over in Malaysia for Sean as he does his third of that of tomorrow, of today. I'm not even sure what day you're on, but... I don't even know somewhere. where I am right now. <laughs> Future, so, the past, it's hard to say. It could be somewhere. Um, with that, if you have any thoughts, questions, comments, anything at all, by all means, put them up in the comment section. We will engage those directly throughout the show. Um, today's topic, like I said earlier, service and sacrifice. So I have a definition of sacrifice that I want to hit first, and then we'll dive into the rest of the conversation. So sacrifice is a noun. The act of offering something to a deity in propitiation or 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 homage uh, especially the ritual slaughter of an animal or a person uh, also a victim offered in this way or the act of giving up something highly valued for the sake of something else considered to have greater value or claim so with that let's go around the table and see what uh, what you guys think seb i'm going to start with you what do you think of when I talk about sacrifice? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really like the line about sort of relinquishing something of value for something perceived as of greater value, because especially in our in our realms and in our field of endeavors, that means life, you know, and it's and it's and it can be. Um, you know, this is not to be understated. If, if, if that's a decision that you're going to have that you're going to make, you better know you better have your wide dialed in. You know, because because evidently we we've all suffered the cost of that, and and we know that it reverberates through you know other people. So it's not just a person making the decision to to accept the possibility of a sacrifice or to engage in endeavors that may lead to a sacrifice, but it's everybody around them also that are going to be by proxy affected by the decision. And so, I guess the question I have for you know. For the panel for myself for everybody is why is the reason why i'm doing what i'm doing and it better be extremely clear in my own mind because the day that things don't go the way they should i need to be able to look at myself and say that was the right thing to do i, I need to be able to look at my kids and say that what the, that was the right the right thing to do and uh and yeah that's my sort of the first thing that comes to my mind when i when i think of sacrifice in our context absolutely chris what were you thinking yeah, so my my definition of sacrifice is slightly different. I, I steal Ayn Rand's, um, I guess, interpretation of sacrifice, where she describes sacrifice as offering something of greater value in exchange for something of lesser value. If you are offering something of greater value or something of value for something of greater value, that's actually an investment. Mm -hmm. um, and so, And so, like, looking back, like, Look at Michael Phelps, like the most decorated, you know, Olympian ever. Um, was he sacrificing all those um, potential parties he could have gone to and drinking and stuff like that? Was he sacrificing that or was he investing in himself to achieve something of greater value? Um, 
in in kind of like our circle, you know, the the term sacrifice comes up often because it's like, what are you willing to lay down for for your brothers or or your country? Um, and I don't, I don't know. I just I see it as like, yeah, I'm willing to invest my life uh, in order to allow others to live if it ever came to that. You, you know what I mean? So I just kind of view it a little differently, I suppose. Absolutely. Dutch, what are you thinking? Now, first of all, anybody who's going to start off off with uh, talking about Ayn Rand is uh, you're on the you're on the close people list that you need to talk to. So that's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I also think the context said hit it right on the money. It, it, it's what our context. I mean, we're not talking about the sacrifice where we're throwing babies into the fire uh, to the god of Moloch. You know, that's not the sacrifice we're talking about here. We are talking about more of a Phelps. Uh, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, uh, and then a soldier type, because those kids do sacrifice without a doubt. If you, if you look at look at Mr. Beckham's story, without a doubt, you there are there are times just like a soldier, an athlete <clears throat> will sacrifice most of his life, most of his young life. Kids don't, you know, hey, I want to go to the store, just ride your bicycle down the store, or play in the play in the creek. Um, but no, you know, Tiger Woods with his father, uh, or these guys, Beckham's father and his, and his journey, you know, you're out on the, you're on the pitch all the time doing your thing. Woods was on the, on the course all the time doing his thing. Um, so it is an interesting way to put that, but we as soldiers, obviously, I think it's awesome. You have to know, right. You have to know going in, this could be, you know, the ultimate sacrifice. What is that? What does uh, Abraham Lincoln say? It's the last full measure of devotion to your friends, to your family, to your country. Um, that's not verbatim, mind you, but it's very close. But it is the last full measure of devotion. And that's the sacrifice that I think that we're talking about, whether it's Ayn Rand's or William F. Buckley's gratitude or or something like that. Not necessarily the athlete, but although he does give up pieces of his life to be excellent uh, because it's often hard, right? And I just did a, another podcast with another organization called Tactical Hive, and we talked about the the – the consequences of this time. How long have you spent? And every day you're willing to sacrifice. Uh, Chris just mentioned it. You know, you, it's a protector mindset he just mentioned. You know, we are prepared to protect ourselves, our loved ones, and others around us, you know, to be, to be left alone, to be, to be on the, the correct side of the blue line if I was a law enforcement officer, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. Sean, thoughts? Yeah, sure, I do. I thought we had a pretty great conversation yesterday on the podcast uh, with Mike. He was just smashing it out of the park with uh, this aspect of service and sacrifice. And I think generally speaking, we established that um, to serve, you have to sacrifice yourself to a greater cause with no expectation of any gain or no expectation of anything coming back to you. That's truly selfless service and selfless sacrifice. I think if we look at the selfless aspect and then dial it all the way back to selfish, now I'm going to make my point. I'm going to talk about three what seemingly are disparate instances, but I'm going to try to tie them together over a 24-hour period uh, that they occurred. So I just came out of Australia where I was serving two national athletes from Canada who were racing in a 24-hour solo mountain bike race. The sacrifices that I made and my wife made to do that are not insignificant. And the same goes for those athletes. The sacrifices that they made to be in that point are not 
insignificant. As we left them behind, I was thinking about that and, and how we serve um, maybe in our careers, but we also can serve in our personal lives. When I got to the airport here um, just about uh, 10 minutes ago, I, um, I was quickly scanning through my DMs before I realized that we were just about to go live. And uh, I just got a, a little uh, DM from someone called Simon, and you don't need to know his last name. And he, he'd sent me a little bit of verbiage. And uh, what he'd asked or what he did was position um, what he'd just kind of gone through in university uh, during one of his courses, where the debate was the worthlessness or the, um, the incorrect moment in our modern time of the poppy. The class was arguing that the poppy is a, a thing from the past and it isn't relevant today. And so he asked me, you know, Sean, what is your opinion on this? Like, I was trying to defend the poppy and I was trying to defend what I think it means. And I'm not sure I got it right because I got so much pushback. And so how I described it to him was, listen, Simon, uh, I wish I could have been there, but uh, uh, I'll, I'll just give you my opinion on, on what it should mean to everyone. The problem is everyone hasn't served or sacrificed enough to understand what I'm about to say. So if you think that when you go up to Starbucks and you're served a coffee, that your sacrifice is there's not enough creamer in the jug and somehow you deal with it, that is not service and sacrifice. And I think a lot of the society nowadays doesn't understand the difference between their personal and their external sacrifices. There's a lot of people in the world that are on their one-way trajectory, their solo lives, that are oblivious to the needs of their fellow man. They're only aware of their own selfish needs. So how can you frame service and sacrifice if all you're looking for is better service in your coffee shop and where's my freaking extra creamer? I'm sacrificing in the moment right now. Where's my creamer? I think that it's a skewed perspective in society right now because a lot of society has never made the sacrifices to a degree where they understand what this entire conversation is going to be about today. That is a very good point. I, uh, I got a, a couple comments here and then we're going to carry on. So keep that thought here. Uh, Tim jumps in here. I could see a Tim. And he said, 0530. Oh, it's a letter. You're absolutely correct. It is 0530 tomorrow for sure. Uh, he then carries on. He says, sacrifice is dedication to perfecting a skill set in the profession of arms. From training to kinetic action, the military law enforcement role. But overall, sacrifice can be applied to anything from family to sports. And I totally agree. And the, uh, the, the question, I guess, I have a small snippet of a story here, but... Today, my wife is going to be picking up my son from school, and she's going to be picking up a friend of our son from school and dropping them off at her house just to make her life a little bit easier. She's going to be sacrificing a bit of her time and a bit of her capability to bring a friend of ours's child home. Now, that's not a huge sacrifice, right? It's not, a, it's not of the same magnitude that we're talking about in terms of military and law enforcement, but I think also what we were talking about yesterday was the fact that sacrifice is a... It's a lifestyle, right? Service is a lifestyle. So for her, it's not a question of any reciprocity, like, oh, well, I'm going to pick up this kid on Tuesday and they're going to pick him up on Friday and none of that. It's just my friend needs help. 
So I'm going to help her. And I'm going to sacrifice a little bit of my time to do it. And I think that that is, goes into what you're saying, Sean, is that uh, there's a large majority of people in the world that have never experienced that lifestyle, at least in my point, in my view on it. Dutch, I'm going to come to you. What do you think about it? Well, you know, I think a lot of things, but <clears throat> this, it's a, man, I get goose flesh listening to Sean talk about it. So this idea of hard work, hard, stronger families, you see what's going on now in the world today, uh, more selflessness, less service. So, you know, if you look at the biblical worldview, we are commanded to shine the light, right? As we continue on through our life, even if you're of secular nature, right? It's, it's better to make other to interact with other people and to make them better. It's it's just it, it creates a better environment for civilized people to live in, right? Uh, so, uh, but you're exactly right. This whole idea that um, they don't they don't know they're not made aware. They haven't been whether they haven't been schooled on the concept uh, or they just you know nowadays there is a you know everybody carries a thousand dollar computer with them in their hand. I told somebody the other day, I said, uh, you know, consult the Oracle you have in your pocket. What are you talking about? You know, it's look, you can get any information you want for the most, for the most part. Uh, hopefully it's not suppressed or changed by some government attitude, but most often you can find as much as you want to in the little pocket of your, your trousers. Um, and it's, it's an instant coffee. You mentioned Starbucks. It's, I should have this stuff. It's instant. I, I deserve it. I'm a big deal. No, that's, it's not how we should go about our lives at all. Absolutely. Seb, thoughts? Yeah, I'm still reeling, you know, kind of over what Sean said about <clears throat> the, the the overall attitude that we have going on here. And at, at the end of the day, I mean, you're seeing it now. There's there's so many people walking around that see everybody else as accessories to their lives. And and thank you for being a part of my of my life and and being there waiting for me around the corner so that you may feel fulfill that one thing that you're here for, you know, kind of thing. <clears throat> and I think that those days are numbers are numbered, man. Like I think that the days of 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 people not knowing the value of sacrifice are going to come to an end and i think they're going to come to an end abruptly uh, and i'm not launching into some sort of conspiracy thing or whatever but it's just a byproduct of going down the, the route that we're going down now and having no respect for anything really but mostly for the you know the the story and the history of of, of the people that you know sacrifice it all so that we may have the, these opinions so that we may be able to have the freedom that we enjoy and 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 i think it, it we're being disconnected and so far away from conflict that we got extremely comfortable and that comfort is now dissociated from the source like why are we discomfortable like we have lost sight of that and we're creating all kinds of issues that we're you know swimming in and uh, it's not going to get any better. It's going to get worse before it gets better. And I think we need to hit that rock bottom to to, to see that. But um, in the meantime, what can we sort of the rest of us make sure that we, you know, continue to act the way we should? So it, it would be easy to kind of fold and be like, well, nobody cares anyway about anybody else and all of those things. And I think the best way for us to to proliferate sacrifices to continue doing it regardless of who is when if you're truly doing it for selfless reasons and you're not concerned about who's giving you reciprocity or who's you know starting on a journey of sacrifice or any of that because that's none of your concern your concern is what am i doing for the collective and what do i bring to people around me 
And, and, you know, when I, when I first had my interview to be a, a cop, they asked me like, what do you want to do? And I basically said like, I, I, I'm not here to change the world, but I won't let the world change me, you know, and that, and I still stick to this, to this quote to this day. I do believe that there is extreme value in continuing to do that as these guys are more and more lost, you know, there is going to be a, a, a tide, a turn of the tide at some point. But uh, in the meantime, the rest of us need to keep, keep doing what we're doing for the reason why we're doing it. Yeah, for sure. Chris thoughts. Lots of thoughts. Uh, <laughs> first, Maybe, maybe Sean should be late every day because he was on fire in that opening statement. <laughs> uh, maybe the, the added stress of running behind is uh, a little fire he, under I think his he butt. is late every day, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think at the risk of, of overgeneralizing, but I think most people navigate life and the biggest story that they've invited themselves into is themselves. And uh, what a boring story, what a boring adventure, you know, uh, whereas if you can look outside of yourself and see um, how great things could be uh, and devote yourself to something like that, that that is a good story. And that uh, unfortunately is, I think we're seeing it fewer and farther between um, not as many people are interested in engaging in a story that's bigger than them. Or maybe they just don't know how to find it. I, maybe maybe deep internal, we all want to be a part of something bigger than us, but we just don't know how to find it. And so we we dig into the social media, which is an interesting interesting way to phrase it, like social media. But it's actually I, I think isolated us more than ever um, because we're not engaging with with community and tribe uh, as much as as we used to throughout human history. You know the when we were out on like the savannah plain it was a very intimate community i mean it was you know live or die by the tribe right um and and you knew everybody because they they were essentially family whether blood related or not um and we just that isn't required of us anymore one can navigate life totally in isolation and and survive until the end of their life you know and it's unfortunate if they allow themselves to engage in that story for their whole lives. Um, that was a whole lot of word vomit. I don't know if it made much sense. But oh, hey, brother, listen, this, what you just said, that may be a plan. I mean, Seb said no conspiratorial thinking. A lot of these conspiratorial thoughts that we've had re recently have become conspiratorial facts. And this whole idea that yes, yes, sir, you're exactly right. These people, these people, some of these people, these people put quotes in those people. They want you to stay in isolation. They want you to be be part of a VR world. They want you to live in a city where it takes 15 minutes to go everywhere you want to go. They want you to be. They want you to own nothing and like it. That is an interesting thought. We now the uh, I I, I kind of like where we're going with this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna shifted just a little bit because I think this is a key point that we're, we're hitting on. So my brother hit me with a word a little while ago and it was sonder. And that it's defined as uh, the realization that each random person uh, is living a life as vivid and complex as your own. And, and that blew me away because I was like, well, of course, of course they are. Why, like, why wouldn't they be? They're all human beings, right? And he's like, no, this is like, there are a uh, swaths of people that have absolutely zero concept that other people 
have just as just as large and vast lives as their own. And I wondered if that has to do with the fact that, you know, back in the day, as you were saying, Chris, you had to leave your community in order to seek more, right? If you were okay living your community life and, you know, you grew up and you were a farmer and you lived in that community your whole, I look at my uncle who's been a rancher his whole life and he's cool with that. That's his life. He enjoys it every step of the way. But some people, they seek more. They want, they want to see more. They want to do more. They want to be, they want to expand their knowledge within the universe. And I think that that might be the tipping point, right? That there are some people that just don't even realize that other people are other people, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Uh, Sean, you got any thoughts on it at all? I do. Just just two points, and we'll see where it goes. So first things first, out on the Savannah Plains, you know, let's say there's, uh, there's a clan of 20 people, and uh, within that clan, they all have their roles and responsibilities. If you're old and fragile, you're not grabbing a spear and going out on the hunt. If you're young and eager, you're going out on the hunt. When you come back from the hunt, the older, fragile person is looking after the kids or stoking the fire or doing whatever. Everyone has their roles and responsibilities. But I think the reality is that um, back then, if you weren't pulling your weight within the clan, there was freaking consequences. Nowadays, if someone doesn't get a 15-minute nap, it's considered a sacrifice. But back there on the Savannah Plains, if you wanted a 15-minute nap, you know what was going to happen? I'd be poking you with the tip of my spear and saying, wake up, you dummy. Watch the fire while I'm going out to feed you. That's how it used to work, man. And so there's, there's a selection process on the Savannah Plain. There isn't a selection process now. Everyone gets to have a nap. You don't have to serve. And the sacrifice is, I'm a little sleepy. So that's where we've come from the Savannah Plains to today, where there's a complete misunderstanding of what it means to serve and to sacrifice your fellow man. It wasn't too long ago that we really, really understood it. Now it's pretty distorted. So the second piece I would say is, I'm looking at this panel right now, and I'll include myself in it, that um, my own family doesn't know my sacrifices. My own family doesn't know a lot of my backstory. I don't tell them a lot of things from back in my day stuff. You guys would understand it far better than my family understands it because my family hasn't sacrificed like all of us have. They haven't served like all of us have. I'm not throwing my family under the bus. They're freaking awesome. I try to help them understand these things through a, 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 through a construct or through a philosophy or through a theoretical model that then I try to engage them, particularly my son, so that I can raise them up to be good men so that they can understand this conversation. But let's not make any mistakes. You can't really understand this thing through a book, through a story, through a movie, through a, through a quick word over your shoulder. It's got to be felt. The sting has to be felt. And the sting is not just a blip. It takes years and years and years of sacrifice to understand sacrifice. It takes years and years and years of service to understand what service is. It's not a one and done. It's not a weekend course. It's a lifestyle that builds on itself until you can freaking spell the word sacrifice. Bam. 
Sean is on fire. <laughs> uh, Seb, I'm going to come to you. Got any thoughts on that? Yeah, <clears throat> just the one the one thing. I wouldn't consider it pushback, but I would consider it like a, an alternative angle just on the side of the, the, the family piece, right? Like, I think that our families are, you know, those that were around when we sacrificed everything. They definitely know what the sacrifice they made to have us leave every single family function, being called out, doing, you know, going to dangerous places, having the potential to lose their loved ones, all of those things. And, you know, sometimes when you're a kid and your brain is not fully developed and you're not, your consequential thinking isn't even lined up properly, and now you're already dealing with the prospect of losing one of the persons that you love the most, you know, for on account of what they're doing for the collective, I, I do believe that families in general that are families of people that have sacrificed tremendously are, are very capable of understanding the nature of sacrifice. Unless, of course, you know, they were born and, and, and raised after, you know, everything was done. So you're, if your service was done. But uh, even without the service, because we bring everything back to service just you know, de facto because of who we have, who we have on the panel. But the, but the reality of it is this could be, you know, a, a mom fighting cancer. This could be anything. This could be anyone, uh, you know. But, uh, yeah, those are this is just my initial thoughts on that. Absolutely. Chris, you got any thoughts? Yeah, I think you guys are all way smarter than I. So I'm going <laughs> to – you guys are on fire today. So, uh, but, yeah, I think I think – I think kind of to maybe Sean's point from earlier is, you know, people think that, you know, missing their nap or not having enough creamer in their, their Starbucks drink is the sacrifice, but maybe that's because we don't expect enough of people to, today. Um, they, we, we live in such comfort because, and, and rightfully so we've evolved as a society and as a, as a people, which is great. And we should continue to push that evolution, but but I don't think we should lose that expectation of one another. Uh, going back to the Savannah, like, like, like Sean said, everybody had a role and everybody was expected to fulfill that role. And, and when they didn't, there were consequences, whether if you fell asleep, maybe, you know, the saber tooth tiger attacked camp and you, you didn't give enough early warning or whatever the case is. Whereas now it's like, Kind of, kind of like what I said earlier is like you can kind of navigate life by yourself if you wanted to and nobody expects anything of you, you know, um, but I think in order to maybe reinstill that sense of service uh, within our society, we should expect more of one another. I think that's absolutely right. Touch, you got any thoughts? 100%, 100%. We should expect more of each other. So we should teach those people. So that's what the Warrior Ethos Leadership Program stuff is like. You know, this is what we do as a collective listen to what we're saying and, and you know just grab it right it's a tool a tool bag but listen to what we're saying teach your children well right so we're coming up on the 11th month of the 11th hour the 11th day right we're coming up on the when you talk about poppies you talk about simon and his struggle sean in the school <clears throat> um do do most children even know so if if how, how do i put it so if if we think that Everyone owes the debt of gratitude. If you go to William F. Buckley's book called Gratitude, which I think is fantastic, and I think everyone does owe a debt of gratitude. I felt it so much that I wanted to join the service. I wanted to be part of my life. Um, but even if a civilian knows that because of history says so, because we know that these people made sacrifices long before I ever got here, 
and I just want to honor those people, right? So then, then that those people need to know that they have a debt. And I think there's so many young people today that have no idea that they have a debt. And so, and I think they want to be away from that too, right? That's almost a consequence. It's almost a consequence of doing good, right? Or, or, you know, I don't, I don't, I want to do whatever I want, right? Because I'm a big deal. And oh, by the way, you know, I don't worry about that because it's not part of, you know, it's not me, but the things that have been created, as Chris just said too, right? We've, we've created this world. We, men like us, have created this world and women have created this world in which we can do just about anything we need to, anytime we want, anywhere we want. How, hey, DoorDash, hey, Uber, hey, uh, Xbox games, whatever. I don't know. I, you know, stuff like that, right? It's an instant world and you can get any information you want at the tip of your fingers. Man, come on. So I think there's a whole lot of folks that just don't understand that they even owe a debt. I really like this concept of the debt. And I have a couple comments here I just want to touch on before we get into the debt portion of this. And uh, dead wrong, first off, good to see you. I've never seen you on here, so awesome to have you. He says, hello, sacrifice and losing something that someone gains from are different concepts that can be confused as well. And I think this is a great point in the fact that, you know, you can sacrifice or you can just lose something. And those are two very different things. Um, but also carries on. Or are they? Which I think is another good question. Um, carries on to say sacrifice is centered around what you work towards giving, not what you lose in the process. And I think that is a fantastic point. So I just want to put those out there before we carry on this concept of debt. Um, so my question for you is then this, and I heard this, uh, I was watching a video on Instagram earlier and it was asking mothers, would you kill for your children? And most of them were shocked by the answer, like the, by the question just in general. Most of them, if you asked them, hey, would you die for your kids? They would be absolutely, 100%. And like, no hesitation whatsoever. But would you kill for your children? <laughs> the, the video went on and it you know, showed a picture of Tim Kennedy going like, you have no idea the depths I would go for my kids, right? <laughs> Which it's a level of intensity above. But the real question I, I, I ask people, especially when they say, you know, oh, I, I'd die for my kids in a heartbeat. The question is, would you live for them, right? Would you live every day doing the things that you know you're supposed to do so that your kids can understand the sacrifice, understand the things that you're trying to do? Um, and so I ask you guys this question, would you kill for your kids? And would you live for your kids? Dutch, I'm going to come back to you first. What do you think? Well, you come to me first. Thanks very much for that. Uh, 100%. I will, I... Throughout my life, I told my children I would fall on a sword for them no matter what, as long as they're correct. As long as we're correct, as long as we're talking about things that are right. You know, the kid gets into a fight at school. Uh, I told him, you can fight at school. Yes, you can. But only if you're protecting someone else who's weaker or someone is bullying them or whatever it might be. And sure enough, got in a fight, got suspended. It's okay with me. I'm all right with it. Uh, as long as you're correct, I'll certainly go to bat for you the whole way. And, I'll, and, and certainly as a protector and a protector's mindset, which is sadly slightly ironic right now in my position, but I would die for my kids and I would kill for my children as well. Absolutely. Seb, what do you think? I think I'd be hard pressed to find anybody on this panel that wouldn't be, that's already not, I'm surprised Sean isn't digging a hole right now as we're speaking. <laughs> um, you know, the answer goes without saying, but I really like what you said about, about um, would you live for them? 
because that's something that at some point there has to be a conversation, you know, about the priorities of life when it comes to something happening to your kids and you having to make it a strategic decision on what you're going to do next. Right. Because, you know, and this is something that I've experienced recently where, you know, uh, my oldest daughter reached in for, for, for something that happened to her. And when I looked at the possibilities of what my reaction was going to be to that, I needed to factor in the fact that she needs me to be around. So I can, I can launch on all kinds of, you know, um, black ops and all kinds of things in, in the con in the context. But what I needed to do was how can I problem solve this so that I can resolve this issue and be, be here for her. Because one of those things make it that I likely won't be, right? And uh, and I think that's that's the part that's often for, forgotten. And so in this case, the sacrifice could be sacrificing your true desire for what you know is right that you need to do in the context. And so that also is a sacrifice, you know. And so for me, it's it you know, we, would we would we kill if we were pushed to and all these other things? Yes, we we all know that that's that's not even an issue and it never is never going to be an issue with people in our line of work or people that have done the things that we have done but the people that are out there right now are living a sanitized version of life like it is absolutely sanitized and 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 let me qualify qualify that slightly so imagine this we all heard about the titanic and you know the the tragedy that surrounds the titanic and we all can have conversation i'm not talking about the little dinghy that went there you know with some rich people on board which is tragic too but definitely talking about the real the real thing but if you ask everybody that's ever heard it just have you ever considered what that water must have felt like at one you know 1 a.m in the morning or 1 in the morning in april in that part of the world like a million knives going through your skin. You're not trained. You're not Wim Hof. You're not, you know, any of those things. <clears throat> and so if you start questioning the way you look at reality, and if you start going layers deeper, you, you, can, you can really paint a picture of, of how things are or how things were because you've been exposed to a sanitized version of it. But I need you to engage all of your senses and go down, you know, this path where you hear the same story all over again. But this time you really try to live it. You really try to feel it. You really try to smell it. And yeah, we're going to always get the argument that if you've never done any of those things, you might have a hard time doing that. But that attempt at doing it is going to bring you closer to reality than where you are now and therefore you know engage your sense of um gratitude a little bit more we have lost we have completely lost what it means to do anything in this world as, as far as far as i can tell and 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 that is a big problem and that's what's creating a lot of disconnect between us as well and that's what's creating me thinking that my situation is completely isolated from the next person whereas i can throw a rock anywhere and somebody has suffered a, a an equal if not worse predicament than mine that's a great point chris you got any thoughts so i've got two daughters and my oldest one is is a lovely young lady and she is at the age where boys are interested in her and i tell her often that sweet pea i would i would die for you but i would also go to prison for you um so let the boys know <laughs> um yeah without hesitation i would i would kill her or die for my girls um but kind of to the main question am i willing to live for them and something i try to remind myself 
all the time is that I am the standard by which they measure men. And that, that requires me to strive for excellence in all areas. Having being obese is unacceptable. I, I just can't afford to do that because I'm not then modeling what an appropriate partner for my girls should be. Being, being broke isn't acceptable. Striving for success in, in my business is, is important because again, that is, that is the model that they are seeing, whether they are really paying attention or not, that's what they are seeing. And the same with having emotional intelligence or, or mental acuity, like trying to make myself smarter in all, all areas of life is super important. Um, and, and I like to think that I do it for myself just because that's, it's important to want to grow as an individual, but, um, they, my girls are very good motivation to, to keep me striving for, for the standards that I should be striving for. Absolutely. Sean thoughts. Uh, I think uh, like uh, everyone on the panel, it goes without saying that I would kill for my kids, I would die for my kids, and I will live for my kids. And so that living part, that um, trying to do better, as Chris said, is us leading by example, What, not, not what we expect of ourselves, but what we expect of our future generations. I mean, if we don't expect more of our little clan, then the Savannah crew is already dead. I mean, we're built on the backs of people who were on that Savannah trying to live just one more day to, to survive through the winter, to put us here in front of these microphones, the sacrifices that they made. We never think about those things. Often when we talk about, we all stand on the shoulders of giants, we go to the near future Society as a whole doesn't go back to the Savannah Plains and realize the brutality of what our forefathers had to go through just to freaking live another day. They were serving us, but we don't see it because it's not, it's not wrapped in um, ceremonies and parades and medals and F-16 shooting across uh, in the background. Those are all relevant moments as well. But the mundaneness or the... Um, almost insignificant or inconsequential history of just a clan surviving another winter is often forgotten. But they were making the greatest sacrifices of all because it was a Titanic every freaking day. And so um, I, it's, it's a hard conversation to have and not disrespect the Titanic. But contextually, times are tough back in the day. And contextually today, they are not. And so I think that one of our jobs as we'll call leaders or warrior ethos or, you know, whatever we're representing at this moment that is different than uh, the general population, it's our job to uh, live a better life and demonstrate to others the importance of it through these kind of conversations. And so now I'm going to direct my focus to, you know, there's, there's, um, members within the veteran first responder and the uh, Leo communities that are struggling right now in living their best lives because I think that they don't see the importance of demonstrating how how they how much they want to live for their own family, how much they want to live for a thousand years from now. Because a thousand years from now, I mean someone like us should be 
saying something along the lines of, man, you know, I, I get that you didn't get your creamer at Starbucks, but you remember that time a thousand years ago? I mean, that's what, how we should be framing up time uh, as far as I'm concerned. I really like that. I, uh, I, I got a, an interesting point made by a uh, dead wrong here in a second, but I'm going to put it up in a bit. I, I like your point standing on the shoulders of giants. And I think the, the piece that we forget too often is the fact that we stand on the shoulders of dead giants, right? It's, that it's not just that there's, there's an image of, you know, standing on the shoulder and they're standing too, and they're standing on shoulders and da -da -da -da, all the way down. But it's, you're, you're literally standing on a pile of corpses over time when you, when you really stop and think about it is that each small sacrifice through the time period, uh, through the, the eons of time allows us to make it a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. And I always say, you know, my, I want to, I want to give my kids a little bit more opportunity than I had and just, just give them a little bit more. That way they can move up the, the social economic law. I can't even talk right now. Anyway, you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, move up the ladder in any regard. And, uh, and I think that that is something that, again, we kind of forgotten. So the question I, I want to ask you guys is how do, how do we get them to see? Like just recently I did a, a talk at a school, talked to a bunch of kids, told them about sacrifice. I told them about, you know, times in Afghanistan. I talked about my friends that have, aren't here anymore. They seem to kind of get it, but they're still very young. They don't have the experience to like really put those things together. I'm going to be talking to another school uh, on Friday. How do we get that across without obviously traumatizing young kids, <laughs> like showing them exactly what, what it's like? How, how do we develop that over in maybe short bursts? Because we don't always have the time to raise everybody else's kids, if that makes sense. Chris, I'm going to come to you first. What do you think? Great question. Um, and, I, and I'm struggling trying to come up with an answer, even with my own kids is like, because part of me wants to kind of shield them from the, the garbage of the world, you know, because they're my baby girls. <laughs> but, but I think it comes back to expectation, um, expecting, expecting my kids, and then their kids, and then their kids, expecting them to live at a higher standard. And that includes remembering all of the people that have allowed us to have this life and enjoy it. Um, um, yeah, they, there's a lot of people in the world that are on the struggle bus and living in situations that are absolutely abhorrent. And we are incredibly fortunate to be where we are. And we should, we should spend time uh, reflecting on how, how grateful we should be um, and, and all the opportunities that, that are afforded to us uh, and what those opportunities cost other people. Um, Again, uh, like you said, we're standing on a pile of corpses. I, I, dude, I think you're right. Um, the the level of, of uh, you know, sacrifice and service that it took to get us to this point should be reflected on. Um, and in addition that, in, in order to honor those people appropriately, I think we should expect more of ourselves and of the people around us. Absolutely. Seb, any thoughts? Yeah, there's so much going on, especially when we start talking about parenting, because it's, it's, it, you know, it's an endless well, right? Like, and there's, and there's various ways to get to the same, uh, to get to a, a favorable outcome. 
but um, one of the ways that I've dealt with this, so for me, I've made some mistakes. I've made lots of mistakes. And one of those mistakes was to be too transparent with what was going on in my mind, in my life as a result of, you know, my job and everything. So I'd be sitting in front of my house with the kids in my truck and I'd get a call about a stabbing somewhere and I'd be, I'd be letting them listen to the radio call and I'd be letting them, you know, seeing me leave to go address the call. And then they would ask me questions about it and I will tell them how it ended. You know, and 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 what ended up happening is because of their, because of their lack of ability to frame reality through their lens, because their brain is not fully developed, they started having a bit of anxiety in relation to the world around. And surprise, surprise, I know you're probably looking at me going shocking, but the alternative was, and what I was thinking at the time was. I definitely don't want them to be coddled and I definitely don't want them to be overprotected. I want them to see the world as it is so they understand the risk associated with it. And intentions being what intentions are, it didn't work out that way. And they ended up having a bit of anxiety that we needed, we needed to work through. And so, you know, I, I really eased off on the sharing of absolutely every detail. And when I look back and introspected on my actions in res with respect to raising the girls, I was able to see that I just gave them too much information. You know, I just went too far. What I could have done exactly the same and kept it more manageable. Now, when you look at something like how do we make them grateful? Well, we don't them we don't teach them or we don't necessarily associate gratitude with the veterans necessarily, but what we need to be teaching them is gratitude. Like, how do we have gratitude in general? How do we have gratitude for the person that comes and clean your table after you're done at the restaurant? How do we have gratitude for, you know, for the person that's, you know, freaking brewing your coffee, whatever the case may be, you, you should have. And so for me, I focus more on modeling gratitude and, 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 and having the conversations about imagine, you know, if this hadn't been done, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have this or we wouldn't have that and put it into context so that at the time that it happens, I have a teaching opportunity and I take that teaching opportunity. And, and, and the goal of this for me is simply to model gratitude, but also to model where, where I, I aim the gratitude to so that they're able to, you know, ideally do the same, whether that's going to be the case or not remains to be seen. But I think that we are focusing too much on, you know, certain things and not enough on the other things, which is what are we actually asking them to do? We're asking them to be grateful. Okay, well, then teach them gratitude. And so um, on that, there's just a, a one final thing. Uh, what is it now? It was great once again. I'm sure it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, um, you, you know, it, this is a, a really interesting conversation too. And we've had this conversation before. When you look at the reality of your kids and when you look at your life and when you look at what you achieve and when you look at the difficulties that got you where you are, and then you turn around and say, I want to try to avoid this for my kids, you know, you, you do you do realize what got you here? And this is the reason why you are the adversity that you went through and the adversity that you were able to overcome is the reason why you are here in the first place. And so if you give them all the things you didn't have, they're going to be everything you're not. Right. And, and I think that a lot of parents, you know, necessarily don't understand that concept. And, and then there is, there is a balance between, okay, well then do I let my kids get bullied as much as I was? Cause that's a fair question. You know, some of them, some of them survived and got stronger. Others committed suicide. Are we going to take the gamble? And no, you can't do that. So you have to have the ability to really balance your thoughts and balance what it is that you are teaching them. Is it okay to let them experience a certain amount of sacrifice and adversity? 
is it okay for me to step in now? You know, this is kind of what parenting is all about. 100%. Dutch, any thoughts? You got to unmute yourself, brother. I did it. I did it. I did it. I did it. <laughs> We've come full circle on one thing and we come back another and it's pretty cool. Now we're into parenting. Uh, and I should have been taking notes because there's a whole lot of stuff to talk about, obviously. <clears throat> uh, you, to your question, how do we do this for our children? Hard work. Iron sharpening iron is hard work, right? That doesn't change. Uh, and I think this whole conversation of sacrifice, debt, uh, service really comes back to... Um, Let's go to let's go to debt. Let's go to gratitude. Who do we owe? All standing on the backs of giants, dead giants. Yes, that's the only people we can uh, say uh, sacrifice for or gratitude. We owe a debt of gratitude to those who are dead. Okay, so but they're gone. They're in the grave. So let's go back to uh, Seb or Chris. I'm not sure which one. I think is look. You got to be the light for other people. Gratitude to just to the simple things. Yes, that's exactly right. Hundred percent. Um, and keep telling these kids that guess what? We just got to keep hammering it, man. This is, uh, it's never ending process. It really isn't. And I think, uh, you said go to the well, right? Is that you know, said, said to go to the well of your kids, right? And you, it's a, you know, you're never stopping trying to mold that, that piece of Play-Doh into a statue, right? To, to make it the best it can be. Uh, I, I don't, I don't. Again, I should have been taking notes on everybody's talks, but it just—it's all really good stuff. But it's coming down to it. But who do we? Uh, who do we owe a debt of gratitude? The dead; those are gone now. So it's now a debt to each other uh, to hold the fabric of the civilization that we need together. And how do we do this? We teach them. We teach them. We teach them. We teach them. The problem is, of course, today there's so many distractions. Right? You've seen the guy, the the talker on the street, no matter who he might be. Hey, do you know who the the last president was, no, I don't. Uh, but do you know the five Kardashian sisters? Yes, they do. So we're so full of bread and circus uh, as the Coliseum and the games were back in Rome. But we're just a little bit even more decadent because we have 24-7 horrible crap on your telephone right in your pocket. Absolutely. Can I jump in for one second? So just something really interesting, not interesting, but very powerful that Chris has said is in relation to... Um, you know, how, how do we, how do it go? Uh, when you, when you, when you, when you are teaching the kids uh, about these things, I think there is, there is a, a misconception that learning is going to happen now. And with kids, because of the brain devel development and how it works and, and how long it takes them to put the pieces together, it's almost like an investment. It's almost like a banking investment where you're putting all this in and you're repeating the same messages and you're, you're consistent, your messaging and you're, you're doing it when it matters and you which allows them to contextualize it and eventually life teaches them a lesson they turn around and they have that to fall back on i remember you know what my dad was saying i remember what my mom was saying at nauseam and i've had this conversation with my mom before where she i said to her like I didn't want to hear anything. And you kept on repeating the same messages. She's like, I knew that one day it would work itself into you. And I continued to be consistent with that messaging and did it ever. Every single one of those messages is as, as at one point in time was a revelation for me that I was able to, you know, contextualize with what was going on in my life. And so it is not wasted time. It's, inc it's an incredible investment in our, in our future. 
I like it. Sean, you got any thoughts? Well, as a Savannah Plains clan, I think that clan improvised, adapt, and overcame faster than we do as a society because they were so closely connected interpersonally rather than occasional DMs. The corrections were in the real time rather than my DM tomorrow. And that one DM is just a singular point of data rather than um, what would have been on the Savannah Plain clan, a regular stream of consciousness. That, that group would have been interacting in the real time rather than in the tomorrow time. And so I think there's a real importance to the subject of how a person can learn about service and sacrifice if they're only getting it one day a year for a minute versus if you're in the thick of it and it's 24 and 7 and there's no looking away like all of us have been in we've all served enough that like there's no duck dodging and diving the 24 7-ness of it whereas today uh in the starbucks coffee lineup you can look at that creamer and think i hope it's full and, and if it isn't then what am i going to do and it's a minor blip on your radar that doesn't cement the reality of what true service and sacrifice is because a one time per year doesn't stick at 24 and 7 for 365 sticks so uh next point is uh to add to what seb was saying in respect to his his kids and and the things he may or may not have done as well as he um he could have or should have or would have if he had a, the had the reflection that he has now well guess what the win for all of us is that seb has upon reflection uh, come to a point where he now understands truly the importance of gratitude. Guess who he's taught gratitude to? Me. I've benefited from Seb's quote-unquote air quotes mistake with uh, early in his kid's life. If not for Seb running his program a way, recognizing it and then shifting it to a different way, and then maybe recognizing that and then maybe a, a path down the middle, Sean wouldn't have benefited from it. And so... It's for us to recognize the service and sacrifice of others and then take them on as our, not burden, our own gift so that, we, so that we can run a better life for those others around us. That's how the clan gets better. That's how the collective gets better. Not a one data point blip one day a year. That is a very good point. I, uh, you know, to your point dutch earlier when you were talking about bread and circuses we actually talked about bread and circuses last week on uh, philanthropy week and it's really good point um now i have a couple of comments i just want to touch on and then we can uh carry on we might have to do final thoughts after that but dead wrong jumped in here and they said i've seen people who sacrificed their familial familial affiliations for the sake of upholding the law or their faith that's unimaginable now for me i don't think that's unimaginable but for some people absolutely um, and then carries on with teaching plus experience equals learning. Good point. The self-contextualization is important, which I absolutely agree with. Um, I just want to go back to this one here and get you guys' thoughts on it. <clears throat> the sacrificing of familial affiliations for the sake of, I mean, really anything, there's, there's going to be a point where something becomes either negative to a degree or positive to a degree, right? If I want to change my life and my family don't want me to, but I want to better my life in a certain way. Or let's say I want to join the military and my family didn't want me to. These are all things that I could see immediately of just like, too bad. I'm doing what I'm doing. What do you guys think on 
you know, sacrificing, I guess maybe the question is, how far do we go in terms of the sacrifices to get what we want or what we see as right, I think is the question. So I'm going to start with Dutch. What do you think? Dead wrong. It's biblical, bro. You've seen people who have sacrificed their familiar familial affiliations for the sake of upholding the law. What law, by the way, or their faith. And that's unimaginable. That's biblical, bro. Christ himself said, I will, I will be the division. You will do mothers and fathers, husbands and wives, you know, uh, parents and children will be divided because of me. So there is plenty of that, by the way. And I don't know if it's unimaginable because everyone has a story to tell. And what Chance just said, too, is what, what is it right? What's right? Is it lawful? Is it right? Uh, certainly in this case, right? This Because this, this is very general, a generic case right here. So uh, what if uh, your, your kid brother's a meth addict and he won't stop? Stealing, killing, wounding people just to get what he wants, right? So we can break that familial affiliation because of the law and because of what's right, right? And then remove him. Yeah, he can vote himself off the tribe, bro. Whether it's a tribe in the savannah or it's a tribe in your own house, you can vote yourself off the island. And in this case, you know, that, that could be the case here. I don't know what you've seen, and I know everyone has a story to tell. So what maybe happened with you is unimaginable or could be certainly seeming unimaginable to you. It must be because you said so, but we have no idea the details of that, but uh, there are times when that's going to happen, bro. Absolutely. Uh, Chris, what do you think? What is it? The, the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm, how do I say this? I think maybe an advantage of, of living in the time that we are living is that you, if necessary, you do have that luxury of walking away from, from people in your circle or life that are no longer serving a, a better or higher purpose. Um, kind of case in point, like my, my stepmom has never even met my kids, you know, and, uh, it, didn't come to any of my like military graduations and, and stuff like that. And that's, that's okay. I'm not even, I'm not even brokenhearted about that. It's more just like, I'm okay stepping away from that affiliation. Um, because I, I want my kids to be healthy and happy and, and fulfilled in their own life. Um, and so, and that had less to do with, with faith and law, but, um, maybe as I view higher purpose and right living, um, maybe that is the faith in, in question here. Um, and, and so I don't think it's necessarily unimaginable. And, and like I said, it's, we're not living on the savannah anymore. I don't have to stay within that tribe. Uh, if it's not serving me anymore, I, I can walk away. I think, I think, I think it can be a double-edged sword though, uh, because people, if they just don't like what they're hearing, or if they're just like, well, dad's too strict i'm going to walk away that possibility is there too um so uh yeah, yeah i don't know if i answered the question fully but um yeah I'm, I'm okay with it sometimes yeah absolutely seb thoughts 
Yeah, I'm 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 down the same the same vein. I mean, uh, run of the mill, this wouldn't be something that's preferable, and you would want to do everything you can within your power to to make a family a family relationship work, right? Like, and whatever sacrifice is needed to to accomplish this, you know, you obviously you're going to try to take that route first. But what we're seeing often, and I've seen it with a bunch of my clients as well, I'm sure everybody else on the panel has, is where people are now putting so much weight on a blood affiliation that they don't realize that that person is the number one enemy and culprit that's that's keeping them exactly where they don't want to be, right? And now the only thing that's keeping them there is that family relationship that they absolutely do not want to break. That's a blatant inversion of the priorities of life. I don't care. Like it just, if you look at it from a decision-making perspective, you just inverted the priorities of life. Like you've made, you've put yourself down the, the the ladder and you've prioritized some other concept, some other obscure concept, which is not based in necessarily in reality, more an emotional state. And now you're making decisions, you know, despite the fact that you know what's best for you and how to go about, you know, dealing with that. So I think it's important to recognize that blood affiliation or family affiliation does not mean a green card to do whatever the hell you want to other people around you or to act whatever you want or to to you know and 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 if you if you think that you can act unimpeded and never suffer consequences from that I think you got you know you got a surprise coming and that's imaginable now what's unmanageable unimaginable is if the person has made no effort to try to bridge a relationship or you know to try to understand other people's point of view within the context of a family or whatever i'm going to always give more time and attention to the people within the con the confines of the family um you know just to make sure that we're not we're not at odds for a stupid reason and that's something that's articulable yeah those are my thoughts on that absolutely sean got any thoughts on it Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm with the rest of the panel. I think um, maybe it's a middle ground or maybe I'm a little further up to the side in the sense that not only is it a manager, it not only is it imaginable, it is reality that this occurs. And and it, it shouldn't be held uh, on, on such a pedestal that I'll never go there uh, because then you're you've got a blind spot. If, if you draw draw a line in the sand and say that, well, that's unimaginable. Uh, so if you're doing that for yourself, if you're serving yourself and you've made that rule for yourself that you will never cross that line because it's unimaginable, well, that's one thing. But if you're serving a greater good, if you're serving the tribe around you, if you're serving the Savannah clan, if you're serving the collective, if you're serving your modern fellow man, there's going to be times today or in the near future where the unimaginable is going to have to become imaginable. And so... For, for the single soul journey, perhaps this sentence has some sense of, um, uh, I, I understand the spirit of it, but I think in the modern world, what we're really facing right now is if you're serving yourself, that's one thing. But if you're serving the greater good, it's an entirely different conversation. Absolutely. Uh, they hit us back real quick. Uh, afterwards, they said, uh, thank you again. I think I meant unmanageably difficult for me, but I understand better now. So I think that's great. That's great. Um, we are just a little bit over an hour right now. This has been just an absolutely fantastic conversation. I really do appreciate it. Um, so let's get some final thoughts on service and sacrifice or anything else that we've gone over today, which has been quite a lot. So I really do appreciate the conversation. Everybody, it's been fantastic. Oh, look at that. We got Achilles there. Solid. So let's start with Dutch. Final thoughts. 
Uh, you know, first and foremost, thanks again for allowing me the opportunity to, to yap and to talk to you uh, uh, awesome professionals on this uh, platform. Uh, I don't, I don't know if I have any, anything uh, else that's earth shattering, you know, it's for folks out there. Look, none of it's easy. We've already, some of the stuff that we've, we've already gone over. I'll just quickly try to do an executive summary. Everyone has a story to tell. Be better to your fellow man. Are there times where there's arguments or there's harms? You know, obviously there's political issues. There's arguments. There's all kinds of stuff. Gather information, do your own homework, be a critical thinker, service. When you say service, serve, serve to other people. Yes. Why not serve to other people? Right. We were better collectively if we served other people. Um, and then it, when you do decide to serve the government in some sort of way, whether it's local, school, county, state, province, and then federal service, you know, do your utmost, work as hard as you can. And, and in the beginning, what's said, said, you know, know exactly what you're getting into, know, understand the mission and go forth and do great things. Bam. Chris, final thoughts. Yeah, I think, I think the last thing is don't, don't be afraid of sacrifice. If you can change the perception of it as a, an early investment to future greatness, whether in your own life or even in uh, future generations' lives. Uh, I think that's, uh, don't be afraid of that sacrifice because that's a, that's a good sacrifice. And then uh, I think the last bit is surround yourself with people that expect a great deal of you and also expect a great deal of them. Um, I think that'd be it. Bam, just fire guys. Seb, final thoughts? Mm -hmm. Just switch the lens by which you view the world. You know, think about think about something that I, I believe Dutch said earlier, uh, or maybe it was Chris about social media. We can, no, it was Chris. I think we called it social media, but really, it's, it's as far as as it can be from creating any social bonds, really. Um, and I'll you know disagree with that to an extent because it does bring people together, but it also does isolate people a lot. And but it this today at, at this very time in my life this was the first time that i didn't take social media those two words together at face value because somebody said is it actually does the opposite and i'm like wait a minute that is accurate you know that is true and so how many more things like this do we continue to take for granted to be exactly how they're described to be and never seek to look deeper you know and, and and this is something that i generally pride myself on and and I'm, I'm i'm happy i got caught with my pants down but i would say whatever it is that you know experience wise or whatever it is that you know that you've heard about sacrifice or the sacrifice of others or whatever the case may be really try to live it through every sense you have not just through a sanitized 2d you know 2D sort of version, like you're reading it on a paper, but it means nothing because there's absolutely no emotional reaction attached to that. Try to view life, try to put yourself in the shoes. And that includes, you know, the sides and just change your lens. Absolutely. Sean, final thoughts? It popped into my head just now. And uh, we had a little bit of a laugh about it when uh, I was back in Australia 24 hours ago with the two uh, Canadian national athletes. And uh, we were actually talking about contextuality of sacrifice because as 24 hour solo mountain bike racers, it's, uh, it's harder than walking into a Starbucks coffee shop. 
And so you've got to do hard things to understand sacrifice and you've got to do a lot of service to understand service. But if you don't have the context, you think you're making all the sacrifices in the world. So here's the funny story. If you haven't seen the David Beckham and Victoria uh, little video, uh, they were in a documentary, I believe. And uh, she's sitting on the couch and she's being interviewed and David Beckham is out of camera. And uh, and so the interviewer says, uh, so tell us a little bit about your uh, family history. And she says, oh, I had a really humble upbringing. You know, we were really humble, really. You know, we didn't have much and yada, yada, yada. And, uh, and then the door swings open. David Beckham pops his head out and he says, what? And she says, well, you know, and he says, so what car did your dad drive? And she says, well, you know, we had it. And, and it kind of rambles on. And she goes back and forth and he just keeps holding his line like, so what was the car? Your humble upbringing, what was the car? What did your dad pick up? What car, what car, what car? And finally she says, oh, she rolls her eyes. It was a Rolls Royce. And then he just closes the door and he's out of camera. I mean, if you haven't seen the video, go find the video. Context. If you think that you've had a hard life because the Rolls Royce was hadn't had a tune that day, well, yeah, your life is hard, man. Your life is hard. If you run out of creamer at Starbucks, guess what? Contextually, the world is tough. The, the, your life is hard. The, the people who believe that their life is hard and they haven't led a hard life don't understand sacrifice and service. And so back to my original point on the poppy with Simon and how that entire class couldn't understand the value of the poppy or what it truly represents. Maybe on your uh, drive to Starbucks and your Rolls Royce, you can think about these things. Bam. Calling that out. I like it. Mic drops anyway. Um, I, I, I also have a little story that I want to tell just as a final thought here. Um, so while I was giving my uh, Remembrance Day you know, talk at the school the other day, and this is what I've done a couple of times at the few times that I've actually given this speech, is I talk about my friends. I, I, t I tell them, I tell the kids who they were as people. So they don't just see them as soldiers in uniform. They don't just see them with the, you know, flag draped coffins. They don't just see the fact that the poppy is something that it's like a, like a responsibility and you just have to wear it. And okay, well now we're just going to wear my poppy every day because it has to be done. And I tell them specifically little tidbits about them. You know, Sean had perfect hair and Dustin loved his coffee, you know, little things to humanize it so that the kids can then connect with those people as people and then understand that they sacrificed for the kids, for each other, for the greater good, for the country, for everything else. And that way the kids get a chance to learn about my friends and then they can build upon that understanding to flesh out their idea of what a sacrifice is and then they can grow into being worthy of that sacrifice. And that's something you can do every day with us here on The Collective. We'll see you all tomorrow. Chimo.